We are back for another episode of Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. I'm Irfan Manji. International break around the leagues this weekend, so not much to talk about in terms of that. However, we do have our Bundesliga expert with us in studio. Uh, when I say studio, I mean Zoom studio. Um, but listen to some music and we'll get back to you shortly. Welcome back to Matt Fode, who joins us from Kingston. Matt's been super busy with school and work over the last couple of weeks. We haven't had him in since episode three. So if you're looking for our preview show of the Bundesliga, it is in episode three of Touchline Thoughts. Um, but it's really good to have you in. I hope you're doing well. How's it going, man? It's good to be back. Thank you for having me on in the yeah. virtual studio. I uh, definitely appreciate being uh, able to jump on and share my thoughts on the Bundesliga for the last little while. I think uh, we've definitely hit the nail on the head with our predictions so far. So I'm so far, definitely yeah. looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, we're definitely going to cover uh, our predictions from the start of the season and about midway through the season. So uh, week 27 or 28 currently. Um, we're also going to go over uh, coaches that have been fired or let go or moving on to other clubs. And then we're also going to talk about young talent in the Bundesliga potentially leaving. So uh, that is going to get us right into our starting 11. Today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack, Takeout and Catering. Give them a follow on Instagram to view their full menu of cuisines from around the world. Delivery and pickup available in the Vancouver area. So let's just start with our predictions. Um I have them up in front of me. So you said that the coach of the year was Hansi Flick, right? Uh, I feel like the only one that can challenge him. We'll get to that soon. But we also said coach that could be fired is David Wagner. I think we were in mutual mutual agreement yeah. with that one. We also picked Bayern as our champion. So, I mean, Bayern sits on top of the table. Um, our top four was a little different. Uh, you have Wolfsburg as your fourth team, and I had Gladbach as my fourth team. Um we're a little off there with that one, but uh, relegation wise, uh, you know, I had Schalke at the bottom and there's no doubt about that. Currently uh, you had Armenian Bellfield, same thing here. And then I had Bremen in the mix just because I didn't think they'd, they'd have a good season. Um, why don't we start with our leaders, Bayern? It's been a different year for them. Um, they haven't really been running away with it. Um, do you think it's because you know, they're coming off a, a massive year where they were just killing it. Or it, it, is it time that, you know, teams like Leipzig are, are, are gaining ground because of the talent that they have? I think realistically, Bayern Munich went out and won nearly every trophy, if not every trophy they could have won last season. So anything short of that would seem a little bit lackluster. However, they're still atop the table uh, with, what, 26 games played. And they've got a four-point advantage over Leipzig. Everybody's played all of their matches. No sort of, uh, you know, matches being delayed or anything waited to be played on right now. So I think realistically, Bayern Munich will continue to run away with it. They are seeming like they may be in some sort of transition period coming up soon. And mm -hmm. we can maybe discuss that later, whether that's something that they need to start looking at for big, big money transfers. But for the time being, they 
really have gotten, you know, Hansi Flick has really gotten the most out of that team. He hasn't needed a lot of change and he just looks at what weapons he has available. And, mm-hmm. you know, Robert Lewandowski <laughs> has definitely taken the, I didn't win the Ballon d'Or to, to heart. And he's gone out there and he's scored just as many goals as there are games. Yeah. Well, he's always been a lethal goal scorer. So I understand that. Does this mean that this year's Ballon d'Or Lewandowski is a front runner for it? I mean, Especially if they're gonna, taking last they're year going into consideration, to, if they're going to do it, yes. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think that there's anybody else who's really in contention at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always the Messi, the Ronaldo talk, but both, Juve and Barcelona are kind of the weakest sides we've seen from them in probably a decade. So yeah. at this point, I think Lewandowski should probably run away with that. Yeah. Why don't we talk about, you did mention Bayern Munich in a, in a slow transition period. Why don't we talk about that quickly? Um, what's going to happen to this Bayern team? I mean, for some reason, we always think there's a massive transition period when guys like Frank Ribery and Arjen Robin leave your squad, but then they had a guy like Serge Gnabry or Kingsley Coleman step in and, and take over, and recently Leroy Sané. So is this transition going to be them getting younger or them just trying to uh, just keep comp- like being competitive um, moving forward? I think they're always going to be competitive. Bayern Munich mm-hmm. really seemed to figure out exactly what they need for their team exactly when both Robin and Ribery were going to leave and that that was eventual but they replaced them you know with Kingsley Coleman and Sané and they already had it kind of figured out they had a plan so there's going to be a point where Lewandowski will stop firing in copious amounts of goals and Neuer will stop you know being able to chase people down from the halfway line from when he's running out for no reason. So there's going to be a point where they need to start replacing a couple of those mainstays. And you could see it when Philip Lom needed to be replaced and Kimmich slotted in absolutely perfectly. And he's now probably one of the best, you know, pivot midfield right back players on the planet. Yeah. So they definitely will have a point where they need to figure out a couple of certain positions, but they seem to have a lot of key players figured out and that will most likely stay there and continue to win for a long time. Yeah. I think if we put aside their attacking powers and their midfielders, um, their defenders is probably the biggest question mark going into the summer with uh, Jerome Boateng and David Alaba. Um, if you're Hansi Flick and, and Bayern Munich in general, like those two are vital clogs to your squad. Like David Alaba is not in his thirties yet. So how are you going to replace two very important defenders. I think Hansi Flick is a really, really smart guy. He will probably be trying to vet Hernandez as the guy they spent, what, 70 million euros on him. He he can't be a terrible player. So at some point they will have to figure out what they want to do with him, whether they're going to slot him into center back or left back or, you know, whether they're going to sell him on. But I Mm -hmm. think, they're going to need to look to whether it's somebody in their academy or move for somebody in the transfer market. Did they not sign Upamakano? I thought they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they so did. So they do have a there. again is yeah. going to pop in, right? And he 
has days where he looks like he's the guy and he's really, really good. But then when they have some of those big games, I'm not super impressed with him. Mm-hmm. But I think Hansi Flick will probably be able to figure it out. He is definitely that spiky coach that Bayern needs at the top of the table. No, of course. Um, I mean, Bayern's going to do what they do best is pick from teams blow them make them a little weaker um and develop their players and i mean you're a Dortmund fan i think you've seen a few uh boys in yellow go over to the red side um but yeah i think it'll be very interesting i think they they did a good job with the Ponacano. um I, I i do hope david alaba stays i mean he's being linked to various different clubs around the world and why not he's one of the best players in the world um can slot in like four different positions uh so We'll see where that goes. Let's uh, let's go to the bottom of the table where we both predicted David Wagner and, and Schalke just doing that. But Schalke's just had a carousel of coaching changes since then. Um, they're probably the, the give-me pick to, to get relegated, right? Yeah, I mean, they're at 10 points after 26 matches. I, I knew that they weren't going to do very well. Uh, I didn't necessarily think they were going to get relegated. They've got a couple of decent little players in their squad, but it just has not worked for them whatsoever. This is, mm-hmm. and and as a Dortmund fan, I'd like to see Schalke at least being able to challenge and and having that you know rival where they're going to push you forward to to challenge teams like Bayern. But they've just really fallen apart this year, and I hope that even though I don't like their their team, I don't want them to you know, this to really ruin them and cause them some financial issues, you know, going forward. So, well, there've been a club that that struggled with their finances for quite some time and always finding shortcuts to bring in players on cheap and then selling them for big money to, to cover their expenses. Unfortunately, they're, they're at a point where I think they might go down just to do a little reset, maybe new ownership, maybe a new group coming in, a new mindset. I think they just need to sell off the, the players that they have. Cause you, it's clear you watch them play. Um, and it doesn't look like they have the energy to go out there and win a game. And that's just their morale. It's just gone the other way, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the moment they concede a first goal, their heads just drop and they know exactly what's going to go on in that match. And they already give up before they even try to move forward. So hopefully that, uh, yeah, like you said, they can figure it out and reset in the second Bundesliga. Yeah, keep one coach, have them for the year, no matter what happens with their season, at least get something of a foundation in. And I think that's what they're missing. It's you can't keep switching mindsets and tactics just, you know, every two games, unfortunately. Very true. Uh, top four. Uh, we had two correct on the top four. Oh, no, you had three because you're good at this. Um, <laughs> uh, Frankfurt's the surprise team that's sort of jumped into fourth here. Has this to do with the fact that uh, Jovic came back from Real Madrid on loan and is just coming in and scoring some massive goals and just bringing in some energy to this Frankfurt side? I think uh, having Jovic back is definitely helpful, uh, but I'm not going to say that it was all of him being able to push them back up the table. Um, having the guy who got them to the point where they were challenging for the top four back or at least one component of from Rabich, Haller and Jovic having that top three back. I really think that would have been something that would have been really fun. I think if Mm -hmm. uh, Frankfurt could bring those guys back, but realistically they've got 
a few really good little players on their team and they've been able to kind of steady the ship over the last little while and, and figure it out while teams like, you know, Gladback, though they have done well, haven't exactly figured out what, what their best squad is at times. So they've definitely seemed to figure out their best squad and Andre Silva's really gotten Frankfurt up there. So, yeah, but they've been a very good squad. They've always been a very good team over the last couple of years, um, but sitting in fourth ahead of Bruce Dortmund, who we both had in our top four. Um, what's going on over in Dortmund here? Um, I know you avidly follow them. Um, what's the biggest drop off for them to, to be in fifth, sixth and seventh over the last couple of weeks? Again, it's another coaching carousel. Uh, Dortmund have components where they could be firing at the top of the table and challenging for, mm-hmm. you know, the Bundesliga as well as the Champions League. At this point, they are. They do look good in, in the Champions League. But realistically, I think they've got a team that's very young and they're not afraid to play those young players, but they're not as experienced as you know, the Bayern Munichs of the world at this point. So I think having somebody, you know, come in and make sure that they have a coach that's going to stay for a long period, they're going to stick by him, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. They will probably find a way to figure it out. But at this point in time, Dortmund have this weird day where they kind of look out and say, can Erling Holland and Jaden Sancho, 20-year-olds, keep us at the top of the table? They're very good, but I think that having just those two guys as the focal points is definitely difficult to put your whole season on two players. So, But a lot of it also has to do with the fact that they keep missing players through injury or some sort of suspension. Um, you're probably looking at it going, well... Yes, they have a very good, talented squad, um, but they're also struggling uh, with their injuries and suspensions. Yeah, as always, uh, Rafael Guerrero, you know, I really love him. He's injury prone. There's usually a point in the season where he'll miss a couple of weeks. Uh, we didn't really have right back sort of figured out going into the season. Thomas Munier mm-hmm. has been kind of terrible back there. You've got Royce has always got some sort of issue, you know, on his day. He's a very great player and he's one of the best players, but, you know, having him not playing definitely hurts the team. So, well, no, I understand that. Um, I think, you know, you look at them losing a left back, they don't have uh, Schmelzer, they don't have Witzel. Um, Zagadou just picked up a, an injury, so he's going to be gone for quite some time. Uh, Jaden Sancho's took a, taken a knock. Um, Marco Royce, like you mentioned, and then they have a suspension with Mama Dude. So I think, you know, it, it's tough when you have guys going in and out of the lineup, especially with a lot of teams. But when you have, um, you know, when you have a depth like Bayern does, it doesn't normally affect them as much. But when Dortmund's, you know, struggling with their depth, it, it becomes an issue. Um, why don't we quickly uh, move gears over to the fact that Marco Rose has been named the new coach for Borussia Dortmund. What do you make of this, this um, announcement by, by Dortmund and by Gladbach? I believe that in Dortmund making a move for a up and coming coach who will be able to end up pushing them up the table. 
Uh, Marco mm-hmm. Royce is definitely the best choice for them right now. Uh, bringing somebody in like that will bring stability. He's going to walk mm-hmm. into that team like he did with uh, Gladback and just say, what weapons do I have? How mm-hmm. much money do you want me to spend? How much money do you not want me to spend? Okay, I'll figure it out. He's right. not a very fussy manager and he will figure it out exactly right now i'm not sure if they have decided for gladback where they're gonna go with with the manager i know they were even linking chabby alonzo which would have been pretty fun but i don't think that's the right move Um, no you just got extended at sociedad so that's not gonna happen okay yeah so i think that having somebody come to dortmund and just say all right this is what i've got that's okay we'll make it work I mm-hmm. I don't know that you know if Jaden Sancho and Holland are going to stay and I don't expect them to uh with them you know kind of wallowing in fifth really uh mm-hmm. I don't think that having somebody like Rose will do us wrong having somebody if we can just keep him for some extended period of time hopefully we can win some trophies and hopefully at least you know whether it's Dortmund or somebody can end the Bayern era of dominance so right no I understand that I think the biggest question I would have for you then is ever since the announcement on February 15th uh, Gladbach has not played well Uh, how much of that do you take into consideration if you're a Dortmund fan um, when you see a team sort of go through the motions when they know their coach isn't going to be there next year like are you worried as a Dortmund fan to to see if that replicates again with Dortmund because I mean Lucien Favre had the same issue. Thomas Tuchel had the same issue at the end of his at, at end of his coaching career with Dortmund, where they went through a slump. Um, it was evident that now Gladbach are going through that slump under a coach. They know that's not going to be there. Are you worried for Dortmund that that, that continues? No, I'm not particularly worried. I right now, I mean, without you know, we because we have Edin Terzic right now. I would really like for them to be able to get into fourth place and have that Champions League place and that champions league money that gives them the opportunity to attract you know those big big players but Mm -hmm. it might not be the worst thing if we weren't playing in a european competition dortmund do need a reset they as i mentioned they have a lot of really good young players but at this point in time if they're not able to uh, play in the Champions League or any of that those players are going to leave it's that's pretty pretty obvious so mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the Gladback form and uh, Rose not getting the best out of them right now because they weren't a great side until he came in he he mm-hmm. really figured that team out and I think that having somebody who can walk into a team and just as I said look at the players that he has available to him say this is what I do need how much money can I work with that's fine I believe that with Marco is moving in and and players kind of heads dropping a little bit when they know their coach is going to leave it'll probably end up causing some sort of table slump but I'm not worried about either Mm -hmm. Gladbach or Dortmund right now yeah fair I mean, like you said, if they can, if uh, Dortmund can figure themselves out and, and finish in fourth, um, that would require a few slip-ups ahead of them, but um, it would attract some players if they do lose guys like Haaland or, or Sancho or whatnot. But why don't we move over to the to the young players in the league right now? 
Uh, report came out that Erling Haaland is now rated at 180 million euros or pounds. Uh, Jaden Sancho is being linked with multiple clubs. Um, the young talent in the Bundesliga has always been great. Uh, I can list a few out and I'll do that now. Is you look at Jude Billingham, who's come over from England to play for Dortmund. Uh, Bayern Munich have three very good young players in uh, Jamal Musiala, uh, Michael Cuisance, who's over in Marseille for alone, and then obviously our, our favorite um, Canadian Alfonso Davies. And then you look at Stuttgart's lineup and you can pick any other young players and say that they have the talent to compete. Um, the Bundesliga is known, at least for the last couple of seasons, to bring in a lot of good young talent. I mean, you saw Timo Werner also move over there. Uh, uh, Kristen Pulisic, um, Kai Havertz. Is the Bundesliga becoming a pick-me-up ground where, where big clubs are coming in and just picking away the, their top talents? It has been a bit of a, a talent factory over the last decade, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, they've had these huge moves with players going over to, like you said, to Chelsea picking up both Havertz and, and uh, Werner. I've definitely changed a bit of the landscape of for these teams and when they can see all right when i have for dortmund whether they might be trying to keep themselves afloat you know during covid when they're not able to have eighty thousand fans in stadium for Mm -hmm. you know 30 40 you know games a season or whatever but you're gonna end up having to make money somehow so players leaving is eventual and i don't think that's going to change probably this summer. But when you have players going to these leagues, they see it mostly as a stopgap. I think Bellingham could have gone, for example, Bellingham could have gone to United. And mm-hmm. we all know how, how good Bellingham is. He, he definitely is able to walk into that Dortmund side at 17, 18 years old at this point and find his place and keep his place over uh, albeit a, an injured Witzel, but there's a need for game time in those young players. And they go to these teams like Dortmund and they go to teams in the you know middle, middle of the table. And they're not fussy about that because they know they're going to end up playing mm-hmm. to show them showcase their talents and they're going to go somewhere else. Um, but I believe that teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, all these teams are in some form of transition, whether they've got old players that need replacing, they've got, uh, you know, some, some changes going on as far as club, you know, stuff in the background or anything going on. So when you've got players like Holland linked for 180 million, it's a bit ridiculous, but these are cash cows and they need to have these players in order to fund these insane you know out outer ventures with you've got barcelona and all that who you know definitely are struggling for money but they are you know their existence is a, li- a license to print money they will get those loans they need in order to buy somebody like holland if they want so mm-hmm. I, I believe with that 180 million i don't think that anybody's gonna pay that much but it's totally possible 180 million doesn't seem like a number I wouldn't expect for a guy like him. No. Okay, then question. What is Kylian Mbappe going to be rated at if he ends up wanting to move? Well, Mbappe is 
I don't know if he has signed another contract. I know I thought I thought Neymar ended up re-signing with PSG, but I I don't know if he's going to end up getting any more than that 220 million. PSG would probably want that, but yeah. if he's not signing another contract and he's letting that run down, PSG would be smart to just take whatever money they can get. Maybe that money will be enough for them to buy both Messi and Ronaldo at some <laughs> point. Sure, sounds good. Sure. Uh, so I, I, I think he's worth, you know, that two hundred million range. It's hard mm-hmm. to say, hard to put price tag on a guy like that. But you, with with Mbappe, he's won, you know, the World Cup at, you know, when he's younger than twenty years old, right? So. Mm-hmm of course he's going to be worth so much. So uh, I think 200 million is definitely one of those numbers that would float around for something like that. I mean, definitely the cost of players is increasingly inflated over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I mean, you have guys that you would assume they're worth like 10 million or worth 25, 30, 35 million, just because of the way the markets kind of move that way. But back to the young players of the Bundesliga. I mean, yes, the talent is there, but I guess the biggest question I have for you, because you do watch the Bundesliga avidly here. Um, why are Bundesliga players struggling once they move out of, of the German league and they head out to, let's say, England, such as Timo Werner and Kai Havertz and Pulisic, or you have Jovic, who went over to Real Madrid and also didn't play so hot. Um, why is that the trend that these players are having a hard time uh, a customizing to to the new league so one being probably if you're if you're any any point when you're going to a new culture of course you're going to struggle with with the language and and Mm -hmm. especially if it's a different form of work right like so when you're going from the bundesliga to somewhere like england it's a different kind of play there's a different play style for these teams Mm -hmm. and all that there's a transition period however there in England, there's a move now where big teams like, you know, Man City, for example, they have players on their bench who could start for any club on the planet. Yeah. But that's that's the nature of what it is, because they look at it and say, we want to win the Champions League. We want to win every, you know, the FA Cup. We want to win the league, all that. You have to have some form of bench you need to have players who are there and if somebody gets injured when you've got somebody like for example if you've got an injury to Marcus Rashford you've got Anthony Martial who's on the bench at any point in time you've got Greenwood or any of that you've got players who are able to back up and when you're going to these big teams from the Bundesliga unless you walk into those teams and you're immediately doing your job, you're going to end up right back where you were and you're going to be on the bench. And that's kind of what happens to those players. So I think that's where the struggle comes. Um, So I think that's definitely why the reason why some players are trying to remain in the Bundesliga a little longer until they are seen as the heir apparent for whatever position it is. So for example, a guy like, Haaland, he will walk into, let's say, Man City and take over the starting job? Or is he going to end up being on the bench for a little bit longer until he figures it out? Uh, I mean, Haaland, I, I think Haaland's kind of on his own. He's a, he's a bit of an outlier. Uh, Haaland, we hadn't heard of Haaland before uh, a couple seasons ago, and he walked into a Salzburg team and 
you know, scored just as many goals as there were games, same mm-hmm. as he's done in Dortmund. I expect he will probably go out and do the same thing at, you know, whether he goes to England, whether he goes to Italy, you name it, wherever he goes, I think he will find success. For sure. Yeah. So what is it going to take for guys like Timo Werner or Kai Havertz? And I am focusing on those two specifically because they were rated so high and just haven't really played up to par for Chelsea. What's it going to take for, for those two guys to really turn it around? So with Tuchel, I think they've got some sort of focus on both of those players. Uh, they brought Tuchel in specifically because he is German and both those players are German. They wanted to have that kind of uh, understanding and that atmosphere there for them. Uh, but I think for those guys, they nef- definitely need some form of consistent play and they need to have an understanding of exactly what their coach and you know team is wants from them. So the thing is, like you said, we've got players like Havertz who is really great where he's playing really well in Germany. He walks into a Chelsea side, doesn't play super great right away. And then they've got somebody like Mason Mount who on his day, he's, he's playing for England and he really did a great job against San Marino the other day. You've got players on the bench who are just as good, if not better. So Mm -hmm. they definitely have to have some consistent matches, whether they play bad or not to Mm -hmm. figure it out right well let's hope for the change i mean especially with the amount of talent that's coming out of all leagues but uh recently the bundesliga has been a a ground for for development so let's let's hope that that translation is for the bigger clubs i mean that's what you want for for players that sign for big money don't become busts they become talents that are raved about uh any final thoughts about the season so far we are about to hit week 27 once uh, we come back from international break. Are Bayern going to slip up and lose the championship? Um, Leipzig going to jump over them? Will Dortmund finally get a fourth place position? What's going to happen in the next X amount of games that are remaining? Bayern will most likely win the league. Uh, you'd be stupid to bet otherwise. Uh, I don't think that... I want to say that Dortmund can do it. Dortmund has the players and, and the the team to end up, you know, mounting that, that top four challenge, but it's going to take a lot. So I'd like to say, yes, they will end up pushing themselves into the the top four, but uh, it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the last day for sure. Do you, do you think your coach of the year changes with Hansi Flick to Julian Nagelsmann, especially with what he's done with Leipzig this season? Hmm. Depends. I, I don't know. I, off the top of my head, I don't know if they're still in the Pokal. Um, but no, I think it's just going to stay the same. I don't think there's any way that that's going to change. For sure. Any other final thoughts on the Bundesliga before we head into break? Uh, outside of that, no. Oh, excellent. Today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack Takeout and Catering. Give them a follow on Instagram to view their full menu of cuisines from around the world delivery and pickup available in the Vancouver area. We're going to take that break. And when we come back, we'll do final thoughts. And I do have an EPL question for Matt. So stay tuned. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. 
New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. So you made predictions to the EPL season. Uh, give me your top two biggest surprises that, that you think just blown you out of the park. Like it's been like, here, I'll give you what you, you predicted. You said coach of the year was Klopp. Yeah. Coach fired first would be Scott Parker. Uh, Liverpool City, Chelsea, Arsenal would be your top four. And relegation, it would be Sheffield, Fulham, and West Brom. Are you still sticking with, with your predictions? Or um, what's going on? So I didn't think. My, my two surprises, of course, everyone's going to be surprised by Liverpool being, what, seventh now. I'm going to shy away from that because I think in Liverpool, they probably would have been, you know, ch- you know, title challengers and all of that if they didn't have so many ridiculous injury issues, especially at the back. For me, the biggest surprise is Leicester. Uh, Leicester has gone from strength to strength and Jamie Vardy hasn't been scoring maybe as many goals as we have come to expect from him however he's turned into more of a creative player um, and I really think that having a, you know a competitive team outside of you know that regular old top six is really exciting to see in England you know Brendan Rodgers has done really well uh, and my other surprise West Ham. <laughs> I did not expect anything from West Ham. I expected no. mid table to relegation for them. I, mean, I had them I had them in relegation. Like that's that's how low I rated them. So I get it. Yeah, it's crazy. Is is City gonna run away with this, or do you think United, Leicester, and, and Chelsea will pick it up somehow? Uh I mean, looking at it right now. <laughs> As much as you want me to say, yes, Manchester United are going to bring uh, this back. Uh, I don't think they are, but yeah. Dream. That's a <laughs> dream. They're yeah. 14 points behind with the game in hand over Man City. So yeah. it would take some sort of Bruno Fernandez masterclass in order to figure that out. But no, not only that, you're looking at City needing to drop like six games. Yeah. Like Kevin De Bruyne has to come in there and basically just tell like you know half the team to like go on holiday or something and maybe that's the chance but no yeah yeah no 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 i've been i've been supporting city uh and and the fact that they're going to win this um not supporting them in the sense that i'm their new fan but no supporting them that i think they're clear-cut winners of this league and they've been just steadily creeping up on a lot of teams and now they're they're just going to run away with it but for sure um any final thoughts before we, we, we sign off for today? Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been definitely a fun chance to jump back on and uh, enjoy talking about, you know, the leagues I love. Uh, so sure. I hope everybody's not too bored watching all of the international play. Uh, all I will say before that is go Portugal. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, final thoughts for me is uh, recently, uh, Alfonso Davies became the UNHCR ambassador. So uh, great job for, for him, for Canada, for the Goodwill Ambassador of the United Nations High Commission for Refugees. That's what it stood for. Um, just great to see Canadian talent doing good things, not just in football, but around the world. 
keep watching women's champions league uh second legs are this week and we are in for some potential surprises and upsets so keep an eye out on that um matt thanks for coming on man i really appreciate having you here and and you know what we'll get you on in a couple of weeks when when the bundesliga sort of wraps up so uh keep your schedule open and hopefully you are free when that happens of course thanks so much man of course be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a like or leave a rating you can follow us on twitter at touchline th you can follow me at Irfan manji follow matt at Fody matt and don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sport or check out garagedoorsports.com. And you can follow Shenzi Shack on Instagram to place an order to see their menu. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, good luck to your Dortmund side. I do hope they, they pull into a fourth place finish. Uh, thank you all for listening and we will see you next match day. Cheers. <laughs>